Hello everyone, welcome to Sabbath School Gems, where each week we showcase key concepts from this week's Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School lesson. Hello everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Sabbath School Gems. This is Lesson 10 for the third quarter for Sabbath, September 4, 2021, and it's titled Sabbath Rest, and it's from the quarterly Rest in Christ. Well, we have the second week of our topic of the Sabbath, and um, it the lesson has um, some concepts that it elaborates on from the first lesson um, that was last week's lesson. So, um, and I encourage you, if you haven't listened to the Sabbath School Gems podcast for the lesson nine, that you go back and listen to that one. It's only, I think, 30 minutes long, and I think it has a lot of the same topics for this lesson. So, um, I think it, it provides a good backdrop. But we're going to do things a little bit differently, and we're going to take some of the concepts that this lesson brings out, and we're going to just elaborate on them a little bit. Um, let's just read the defining statement of, of the Sabbath. There's several of them, but I'll just read the one in Leviticus 23.3. It says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And remember last week, we talked on how the Sabbath is both a memorial of creation. It's also to be remembered in context of deliverance as God is the deliverer. And then also as God is the sanctifier. And, and, and then I think we tied in with him being the protector and the husband and and providing for us so um this this week's lesson takes those similar concepts and it starts with the environmental aspect of the sabbath and it points out how the sabbath is a memorial of creation and in creation god uh, made man on the sixth day and he said that man should have dominion over all the rest of the creation it says in Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our image, so that's in the image of God, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so in the lesson kind of brings out, well, that means that we have some responsibility. And I, I believe that we do have a responsibility to take care of the earth, to take care of ourselves, and to take care of others and the environment. Um, but there's other aspects of the Sabbath um, that do have an environmental aspect to them, um, aside from just that it's our responsibility. And I think, you know, this could be a little touchy topic because there is a possibility that in the political sense or in the popular sense of um, environmentalism that governments maybe with nefarious uh, intent could implement laws which actually work against keeping God's holy seventh day Sabbath and so you know there there is that but let's put that aside and let's just look at the way that Sabbath is integrated with our environment and there are some good aspects to keeping the Sabbath that have an impact on the environment first of all you know, we're not to be working. Um, we're to be thinking about 
God and his creation and just kind of being fed by him. You know, they weren't supposed to light fires in their dwelling places. They weren't supposed to collect the manna and cook the manna. But it doesn't mean they weren't supposed to eat. So we are, we are to eat, but just eat in a manner that just is supplied by God. You know, I think it's really odd that the apostles or that were with Jesus walking through the field and they plucked some grain and just kind of rubbed it in their hands and, and chewed it in their mouth and they were getting accused of breaking the Sabbath. And to me, that's the ultimate of eating on the Sabbath. You're just plucking what's right there. You're just eating it. You're not putting a lot of thought into it. It's not a lot of preparation. Um, you know, yeah, sure, if you're going to get out your big combines and start harvesting, that would be work, especially if you do that every day. But just to be fed by just plucking some fruit off the tree and, you know, plucking some grain. <clears throat> that seems to be the with God in the environment that he made us to, to have. Um, and there's a lot of beauty in nature. But at one thing that I think about is what happened during the COVID-19 and the lockdowns and things. And that was, if you want to say, a type of Sabbath because people were not working as much. Some, a lot of the factories were shut down and, you know, people were not going out of their houses and driving and going to places. And, you know, an interesting thing happened to the environment. Um, the animals started coming out. I know in the national parks in California, there was a lot more animals in those national parks that were that are not normally seen that were coming out because there was no humans there and and they weren't disturbing them and so they were you know just having a rest themselves and there's waterways like the canals in Italy and some of the waterways in Europe that were just cleaner than they've ever been before you know you could see through to the bottom practically and um, the air was a lot cleaner in most of places of the world. So we do see how man does have a, an impact on the environment and how taking a rest, now that was longer than one day, but you know, it could have an impact on um, the environment and giving everything a rest because you know, as it says, that the Sabbath was not just for man. It was to be for the animals. It was to be for the servants. It was to be a time um, where you were to let your your ox and your donkey and everything rest. So, you know, it's almost like we are to in, envelop ourselves in an environment of Sabbath. So we surround ourselves with an environment. You know, in, in Exodus it says, for in six days, or Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, which, which is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So you see how it was for the maidservant, the manservant, the cattle, and the stranger, I have an interesting story about that, um, the word stranger there. I had a, a, young, um, a young man come visit my house. He was selling some kind of home repair or something, and he was from Israel, and he was recently from Israel, so his Eng English wasn't that great. 
But he came in and um, was supposed to be looking at doors or something. I don't remember what it was at the moment because it didn't last very long. He saw a devotional book that was on our coffee table that was, I think, a book that we intended to give away. And he thought it was a Bible. And so he started asking about it. He was curious. And, you know, we did have a Bible. Um, (laughs) That wasn't it. But so we started this conversation. And so I went and got the Hebrew interlinear Bible that I have so that there wouldn't be such a language barrier. And, and so we somehow we ended up on the Sabbath. And he was telling me how he has his neighbor, who's not Jewish, comes in and turns, I don't remember, I think it was they turn off the stove, but it was they do something with the stove and the lights or something. And they don't pay them, they just do it because they're nice neighbors. And, and, and I said, Well, but what about this verse where it says the stranger with it? that is within your gates. And he said, well, I don't know what that word is, that word stranger. And, and I, you know, I showed him the Hebrew, of course, it's ancient Hebrew. He's in, um, so he said, hey, well, I, my dad is a rabbi and his father was a pretty high up rabbi. I guess there's levels and I think he had been even higher, but now he's dropped a little or something but anyway he's pretty high up there and he says well my my dad's a rabbi and um he's just taking off for work now probably I could catch him before he goes to work I think it was like it was kind of late at night because we were talking into the night but I think it was probably 6 30 or something in the morning in Israel and he says let me call my father and ask him about that word and so he um called his father and he asked him about that word stranger and the the his father right away said oh that that means like non-jew that's from that that like the same uh, origin of the word goim that's um that means non-jew so um that's what he told him now you know whether it means a non-jew or it just means a stranger like from traveling from afar that maybe is jewish it it still wouldn't i think matter it's it's the same concept of surrounding yourself with the sabbath and surrounding yourself with this environment of the sabbath where people are not working around you and you're extending it to others the sabbath is to be enjoyed by as i said animals and people and so i think i think that is the idea of the sabbath is is not it, it it's something for everyone because it's it's an environment um more than it is just something that I do and then you do something else. And now when we think about the Sabbath and how it impacts the environment, I think of how it plays in with what is natural. And I had some friends that I had in college and they there was a brother and sister and they started a business right out of college. And I remember them thinking, they weren't very religious, I think they're I think their grandmother might have been Muslim, but they they were kind of turned off from religion, and so they didn't really have a religion. And they thought they were going to get ahead in this business by just working round the clock, nonstop, 24-7, week after week. And they tried that. And it, <laughs> it I don't know how long it lasted, but it wasn't soon, it wasn't too much before they discovered that it wasn't, not only was it not really... Um, sustainable because they needed a rest, but it wasn't even efficient. 
they work better if they just took one day off. Of course, they took Sunday off because that's what most people take off. But um, I think that they realize that there's something about having a day when you can just enjoy what you can realize why you're working. If you're working and you're doing all this and, and you're striving for something, what is the time when you can actually set back and enjoy it? I mean, yeah, we have holidays, but the Sabbath is once a week where you can just step back and say, okay, what have I done? Why am I working? And you can enjoy the reason why you're living and why you're working um, instead of just having it be work, work, work constantly. And so um, I think there's there's a certain natural aspect of the Sabbath. You know, we talked about, I think I touched in last week in Gems, about the different Sabbaths, not just the seventh day, but you know, there were other Sabbaths. There was the there was the seven-year Sabbath where you were to let your field lay fallow. It, in Leviticus 25.3, it says, Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its own accord of your harvest you shall not reap, nor gather the grapes of your unintended vine. For it is a year of rest for the land. And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you, your male and female servants, your hired man and the stranger who dwells with you, for your livestock and the beasts that are in your land. All its produce shall be for food. So you see how they were to, to have a whole year. That happened every seven years. They were to have a whole year of a Sabbath in the sense that it was they were not to sow seed or reap the field. So they weren't to harvest or garden that but they were still to eat and there was still going to be food that was that was produced that year that was going to feed them and all the animals and so nobody was going to go hungry but they just weren't going to harvest and store up and um, do whatever they do with with their with their crops and we know that that's there's some wisdom to that and the even now the farmers um practice crop rotations and also let fields lay fallow maybe they're doing it every seven years hopefully they are to the schedule that god said was the best but regardless they'll plant let's say a cover crop of clover or something and just kind of let it go um or just let the field just lay fallow and and go that year and not even till it under till they're ready to plant again and they found that that's actually better it's it produces healthier harvests for the other six years or the other years. So um, there is some wisdom in in these Sabbaths and some necessity to it and, and how it plays in with nature. Now, there was another Sabbath that happened every 50th year. That was the year of, of Jubilee. And that was that can be found described in Leviticus. I believe Leviticus, um, well, 25 still just going on verses 8 through 13 it says and you shall count seven sabbaths of years for yourself seven times seven years and the time of the seven sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years then you shall cause a trumpet of jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month on the day of atonement you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land 
to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to your his family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your intended vine. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. So you can see this was now another Sabbath. So there's a Sabbath every seven days. There's a Sabbath every seven years. And now there's a Sabbath every seven times seven years or every 49th year. And then you proclaim the 50th year. This um, time when everybody, everything kind of resets. And, you know, we think about it now with our economy and, you know, debts and, and property transfers and everything. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if there just could be some resets every every now and then? Because it seems like we're just build up into this pyramid type of thing that just keeps building and building. And you know it's going to collapse someday. If It would be more sustainable if every 50 years, say, you had a reset. So I think there's just a lot of natural things about God's Sabbath that we can see how not only is it um, good for the environment, but it's natural, it's healthy for us and for humans and for civilization. And it also, um, that, that aspect of surrounding ourselves with that environment of the Sabbath. So let's go on to one of the other stories that the, the lesson brings out. And this is the story that's found in John 5. And it's a story about a sick man that was at... Uh, um, he was trying to get healed at this pool and he believed that he, if he got into the water when it stirred that he was able to get healed. But he was so sick he couldn't get in fast enough and so other people would get in before him. I'll just read from, from John 5, 7 and on. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. That man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. And that's an interesting way to, um, to end that exchange with that he's working he's like yeah i am working i'm doing my father's work but you see what was happening here is a man wanted to be healed and he thought the healing was in the water but he couldn't get into the water and jesus healed him and just said take up your bed and walk and now you see what the the jews were doing at that time were accusing them um you know accusing there, there was two accusations there. They were accusing the man of carrying his bed and walking on the Sabbath because they had very strict rules about how much you could carry and what you could do. And, you know, he was 
obviously violating them. So they were accusing him. And then you can see later on that they were accusing Jesus of healing on the Sabbath day. Now, the Bible says nothing about carrying your bed on the Sabbath. It says nothing about healing on the Sabbath. So biblically, that was not what the Sabbath is about. Um, and I think that is what needs to be realized is that the Jews had a lot of rules that were not in the Bible. They put on all these rules about what you could and could not do on the Sabbath. And it was really um, turning it into what it wasn't intended to be. And, you know, these are, this is very important to realize. So you realize what was going on in Matthew 15, 9, it's, it describes this as it says, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I think there's some other verses too. I think even in Titus, it talks about not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. And, you know, it's really important to understand how they were adding things and they were making laws that were man-made, that were not what Jesus had in mind. And then they were turning around and accusing people of breaking those laws. And essentially, you're breaking the Sabbath if, if you break those laws. Well, that's not what God intended. He, he doesn't intend for the Sabbath to be a checklist of do's and don'ts. This is a time of a relationship with him. It's a holy day that's set apart. You know, I always think there's things that have happened to me on the Sabbath. And I think that the Sabbath more than any other day is a day that we should really just be available. We don't have anything on our schedule. We don't, you know, our, we shouldn't have a plan for the day. We shouldn't have a schedule for the day. We should be in tune with God to be used by him any way that he would use us. And I can recall countless times when, you know, on the Sabbath, something just happens. We're, for example, I recall one incident where we were out in nature just enjoying. We were on a trail as a group. And when we were coming back, we ran into these two teenagers. It was a brother and sister. And they had been part of this long-distance race that happened earlier in the day. And I think they were stationed at one of the checkpoints. And as they tried to make their way back, they got disoriented and they got lost. And they had been kind of roaming around and they were getting tired. And when we met them, they were headed out on the trail in the absolute wrong direction. They would be going basically right into the wilderness and just being a, going away from, from everything and away from the campground and the place that they were supposed to be going. And they ran into us and we kind of talked to them and, and convinced them, maybe, maybe come back with us. Uh, you know, we're headed back to the road and, and to the campsite and stuff. And so they, they did that and they they came with us and I remember it was getting dark. It was already pretty dark, but by the time we got back to the, to the road area, it was just pitch black and there was this whole group that had just started on the trail and they were going to go out in force to look for them in the dark. And the one of them, I think that the father was there and you know some uncles and just a whole bunch of group of people but they were so glad to see them coming back because they had been so worried about them being gone for so long and i just think what if we weren't there 
what if we weren't out there? And, you know, I just, I just think there's so many instant instances like that where we should be available on the Sabbath to do God's will and to learn how it is to just be led by him, to be available for him. And I think what, what Jesus was doing, healing on the Sabbath, is a natural thing he was doing the will of God. He was taking care of a need that was right there. This man didn't even know who Jesus was. He just knew he needed to be healed. He wanted to be healed. And there was nobody there to help him. And this man helped him. And you know how they asked the man, you know, what do you mean he, uh, you know, what do you mean to take up your bed? And he's like, well, this man told me, I mean, just think of it. If somebody healed you from some great sickness that you had your whole life maybe or for many many years and this man just heals you of it and and in return for this great miraculous you know glorious event he asked for some little thing like just take up your bed and go (laughs) I mean wouldn't you do it and I think this man's response kind of says that well this man he healed me and he told me to do that (laughs) you know like what does that have to do with, um, you know, it's not disobeying God. It's really just in gratitude for what this man did. And, um, and so you can, you can see how it's, it's not, it it's not a matter of, okay, you do this or you don't do this. It's God working through us on the Sabbath and us being available for that just as Jesus was. So I think we'll wrap it up with that. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Sabbath School Gems and please join us next week for Lesson 11. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sabbath School Gems. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, and spread the word to others. Comments and questions can be sent to us at sabbathschoolgems at gmail.com. Bye for now.